Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. Uh, just to be just to be forewarned uh, to everybody listening, I don't have a set uh, a set schedule for what we're talking about tonight because I've been dealing with a headache all day today, and quite frankly, I didn't have the opportunity to write up a, a normal a normal rundown sheet like I normally do. Uh, but we will discuss uh, the conference uh, rounds of the uh, MLB playoffs uh, tonight. We will also look over uh, this week in the NHL regular season. Uh, the NFL trade deadline is coming up, so we'll take a look at some potential trade candidates. Uh, also, uh, today is decision day in Major League Soccer, which pretty much uh, determines what the playoff matchups will be uh, for the Major League Soccer season. And uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to a couple of other things as well. Uh, just a quick note, we will be doing only two hours tonight, so uh, we will be ending the show at 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, a quick reminder, if you guys haven't done so yet and you want to subscribe to the Missy AE podcast, you can do so by going to blogtalkradio.com slash Missy AE, or you can subscribe on any of our major podcast uh, services like iTunes, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and so on and so forth. Uh, currently, I have Lou and Diane on the line with me, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have Alex drop by a little bit later, maybe perhaps JB. I don't know. Uh, but how are you doing tonight, uh, Lou and Diane? All right, Steve. Hey, Good. You in there? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you, Lou, it's, today, today's been a rough one for me. I mean, I tried to go to sleep hoping that maybe perhaps uh, my head would kind of clear up and I'm still feeling like shit right now. Uh, Good. But, yeah, I know. Especially, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping things will get better uh, when, before, before Monday when I have to go back to work. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But let's get started uh, with some Major League Soccer as Decision Day is officially upon uh, Major League Soccer for Major League Soccer fans, as there are different scenarios that are in play today uh, for who may potentially make the playoffs. And we do have our official, well, we do have half of our playoff teams as of now. Starting with the Eastern Conference, they are as follows. Uh, FC Cincinnati wins the Supporters' Shield with 69 points total uh, in 34 games played. 
So they will officially be the number one seed in not, and they'll hold home home field advantage throughout the entire the entirety of the uh, Major League Soccer playoffs. Uh, also, just real quick before I go on here, a a little bit uh, there's a little bit of a change in the Major League Soccer playoffs this year, uh, as they will feature a new format from previous years uh, with an expanded field of 18 teams, uh, which it will consist of the top nine teams from both the Eastern Conference as well as the Western Conference. Uh, The eighth and ninth uh, place teams in each conference will play a single wild card match with no extra time before a penalty shootout if necessary. Uh, round one of the playoffs will consist of a best of three format with the higher seeds playing against the lower seeds. And the round will have no aggregate score and tied matches will proceed directly to a penalty shootout in order to determine a winner. Uh, the right. three, the remaining three rounds, uh, being the conference semifinals, the conference final, and the MLS Cup, will be single elimination matches played with extra time and a penalty shootout if still tied or if still tied. The higher seed will host the match in all rounds except for the best of three series in round one, where the lower seed will host the second of three possible matches. And of course. Uh, as it has been all season long, uh, everybody can catch all matches on the MLS season pass, which is, of course, on Apple TV. Uh, so the introduction of this best of three round and the expanded field, which allows 62% of the league's 29 teams to qualify for the playoffs, were actually criticized for being more confusing and diluting the competition. And this is actually the first major revamp that the playoff format has undergone since 2019 when all rounds had been switched to single elimination matches. Uh, This format adds more matches, including home games for lower seeds, and it was developed with the help of input from MLS fans according to MLS officials. And also not to mention that Apple TV benefits from the additional matches as well. Uh, Now, as far as our uh, official qualified teams, the Eastern Conference is officially finalized as of now with uh, basically here's how the bracket will go. The New York Red Bulls and Charlotte FC will compete in a single wild card match. The winner of that match will take on number one seeded FC Cincinnati in round one. Oh boy. The Philadelphia the Philadelphia Union, who are the number four ranked seed despite losing earlier today to the New England Revolution, they will take on the New England Revolution and they will also hold uh, home field advantage for this first round. Uh, the Columbus Crew, by virtue of their win earlier today against Montreal, uh, they will host Atlanta United FC for the uh, in, in a battle of the number three seed against the number six seed. Orlando City SC, 
the number two seed will host Nashville SC, the number seven seed in the Eastern Conference. Now, uh, as far as the Western Conference goes, uh, the only team that is officially locked in is St. Louis SC, uh, St. Louis City SC, I should say, uh, as they finish the season as the number one seed in the Western Conference. However, teams that are still in the running as of now, while I refresh this page here just to get the official update, uh, currently as follows, there are three teams still vying for position in the Western Conference. That is the Portland Timbers, the uh, FC Dallas, and the San Jose Earthquakes, who are all tied with 43 points apiece as well as uh, the number fifth seed, Real Salt Lake, and number six seed, Vancouver Whitecaps FC, they are tied at 47 points apiece. The Houston Dynamo, they're the number four seed at 48 points. The Seattle Sounders FC are the number three seed at 50 points. And Los Angeles FC is in the second seed at 51 points. So needless to say, there's still even though with one game remaining, there's still a lot of potential movement in the Western Conference. So it is wow. yet to be known. It's yet to be known exactly uh, how the Western Conference is going to shake out. So let's get, let's get your thoughts uh, first on this, Lou. Uh, MLS decision day. I mean, it, I, you know, uh, me, my, me, myself, I'm a uh, New England Revolution fan, and right. I got to tell you, I don't, li- I don't like the first round matchup against the Philadelphia Union. No, I because don't I, I think I would have rather preferred to have faced Columbus Crew because the Revolution at least have a better, uh, have a better precedent Second. against Columbus Crew as opposed to the Philadelphia Union. Yeah, Philly always gave us a hard time anyway. So uh, uh, I get it. You know, it's not gonna be that's not gonna be easy matchup at all. Now you said you said previously that you're a Red Bulls fan, right? Or was it NYCFC that you're a fan of? No, it's the Red Bulls. So uh, what are your thoughts on the, on this year's club? Uh, you know, they made the wild card. Uh, do you think they uh, they have any chance at all this year? <laughs> like having a snowstorm in July. About 99% no. I mean, you would think don't so have that, a that, that they I mean, uh, well, I watched them that's... play this year, and, and they look and horrible. I'm surprised you even got the last lock cards by the way they've been playing. They won't make it, they won't make it past this. You don't think they'll, you don't think they'll beat uh, Charlotte FC? To advance to round one? No. Wow. Okay. So uh, Charlotte FC, because obviously they end up playing in the wild card, which will be uh, between October 25th or 26th, depending on what they decide to do, uh, how they decide to uh, schedule it. Um, and it's going to take place right. at Red Bull Arena as well uh, in New mm-hmm. Jersey. So, um, 
just from my experience from watching uh, every time the, the Revolution faced the Red Bulls, Red Bulls, I mean, yeah, they, you know, they're the number eight seed this year, but usually they have a pretty good club. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how they've been this year uh, when it comes to, I do remember, I believe they got, I believe they got demolished by, by New England, I think, the one time they they played them this uh, year. Yeah, they did. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, I think they at least make the first round. I think they at least make it to uh, FC Cincinnati. I mean, I would be honestly, I would be, I would be pretty surprised if uh, if they somehow if they somehow get bounced by Charlotte FC uh, right off the bat. And looking at the, the, you know, this is, this is kind of what's uh, kind of what's, you know, what's bad about, about this whole thing too is uh, Inter Miami, of course, didn't make it with uh, Lionel Messi uh, officially joining the team midway through the season. Well, no, we got Miami. Miami was already in disarray before Messi got here, and despite the efforts, it wasn't going to be able to catch up to make a decent uh, the uh, for a playoff spot. True. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's exactly exactly like you said. Uh, you know, they they were already in a bad spot as it was, but yeah. they really started to turn things around though as soon as Messi. Uh, came in, so yeah, it was really you know it makes it makes you wonder if Messi had come in earlier in the season, oh, yeah. could we have potentially seen Inter Miami sneak their way into the playoff picture and maybe perhaps absolutely uh, no question you know that that makes you that makes you wonder as well. Okay, you know how. You know what? What would a playoff appearance with Lionel Messi look like in Major League Soccer? I think when made the playoffs, Miami would have done some pretty good damage. But he came in later, and you know Miami had like about a two percent chance of making it. So I wasn't really uh, right, but too confident with him. If Messi would have came in a lot earlier, it would have been a whole different outcome. It it should it should be a good sign though for next year, uh, with him officially. It's it sounds like he's pretty much with Inter Miami for the long haul, and uh, I mean it is an accomplishment the fact that they won the league's cup, their first time ever That's winning great. the league's cup uh, with with Messi coming in. So. Now, now, granted, of course, I, I say this, but the League's Cup, you know, was only founded in 2019. So, it's, you know, there's only been four winners or three winners of it, with uh, obviously 2020 got canceled due to uh, COVID. But Messi actually is already the leader in top goal scorers for the League's Cup with 10 goals in this uh, in this tournament alone this year. 
So I, th- I think it should be uh, maybe next season Messi uh, could potentially have a uh, play oh, a sure. huge role in the in the potential oh, no, no, no. Uh, playoff picture. Oh, uh, by the way, I should add as well that in the Western Conference, uh, Sporting Kansas City and Minnesota United FC are not eliminated as of yet. So they still have the possibility of potentially making uh, making their way into the wild card picture, depending on how tonight's games finish up. Because right now, uh, the Portland Timbers and the San Jose Earthquake FC hold the uh, wild card for the Western Conference. So it should uh, – it can change, yes, Diane. It, it, is, it is entirely possible uh, that it can change depending on what happens tonight. And I believe – let me see. I don't think anybody's playing tomorrow. Yeah, no. Uh, everybody is is playing tonight. So, yeah. Uh, depending on what happens, because let me see, we have. Okay, here are the different scenarios. Uh, New York City FC could have made a playoff berth today, by the way, if they won, and if uh, the Red Bulls lost, as well as if Charlotte lost. However, because both Charlotte and the Red Bulls won, uh, that officially eliminated New York City FC from contention. Uh, But basically, here's what will happen uh, as far as the clinchers go. Uh, Portland, they will clinch a berth with a win. Or if they draw versus Houston and... Uh, and San Jose or Dallas both draw. If that happens, Portland will clinch a berth. Uh, They can also clinch a berth with a San Jose loss or a Dallas loss, as well Uh as potentially a Kansas City draw. So uh, either either way, pretty much it's almost – it's almost a given at this point that Portland will potentially make their way in. It's hard to imagine that uh, uh, um, that um, NYFC, you know, did not make. I mean, just two years removed from the championship. So I mean, they've really, really uh, uh, been um, defaulting, haven't they? Well, not defaulting, but have collapsed since uh, their days of glory. And you know, though, you gotta you gotta remember, Lou, that uh, even yeah. though that even though they they are a couple of, a couple of years removed from a championship, you got to remember that uh, players are consistently moving in and out of different clubs. That's what happened. So, uh, you know, New York City FC may have lost some of those players that were so crucial in that yep. in that championship win. Uh, they may have yeah, lost them overseas, potentially. I mean, that's always a key factor. See, that's what I've been telling everybody on my show. Like, you know, why is it so tough for uh, teams to repeat? Well, when you figure, you know, with uh, teams moving all the time, it makes it very tough, you know, 
to repeat as champions uh, year after year. That's that's why you don't see it in any sport, whether it's baseball, right. football, soccer, whatever. You know, now that free agency, of course, has taken over the sports world. I mean, it wasn't like that when I was growing up. You know, you know, it would teams were more consistent with their lineup. You know, we were always looking for trades, free agency. That was an '80s thing, not so much in the '70s. But you know, things have changed, and that's why you don't really see much of any teams in a dynasty uh, mode anymore either. Right. Uh, we have added Alex onto the show. Uh, welcome, Alex. Hey, what's up, guys? A little, little under the weather. I heard you were too, Steve. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick around as long as I'm upright and standing. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, we're only gonna do two hours tonight. So, um, okay, cool. Well, I'm gonna last whole two hours anyway. So, yeah, so we're, we're only gonna here. do yeah, two hours. Got my hot tea. I'm ready, ready to talk some sports talk. Well, we're discussing um, the Major League Soccer playoff picture right now. Uh, The Eastern Conference is all set. Uh, The only conference uh, left is obviously the Western Conference, and uh, we're pretty much the only seed that is confirmed right now is the number one seed, which belongs to St. Louis City SD. That is not changing. the only thing that matters is how seeds two through nine will fall uh, in the Western Conference. Uh, but uh, here are the remaining clinching possibilities here. Uh, the Minnesota United FC, they're all the way at the very bottom. Uh, they're basically, uh, I think they're the 11th seed right now. They can clinch a berth if they win and one of Portland, San Jose, or Dallas loses today, uh, tonight. If one of those teams loses and Minnesota wins, then Minnesota is in. Uh, Kansas City will clinch a berth if they win against Minnesota and if either Portland, San Jose, or Dallas lose. San Jose can clinch a berth flat out with a win over Austin FC, or if they have a draw and Portland or Dallas lose, or uh, if Dallas loses and San Jose has an advantage in tiebreakers over Dallas, or if Kansas City draws against Minnesota, then San Jose will automatically be in. Uh, FC Dallas. They can clinch a berth in the playoffs if Dallas wins flat out at L.A. or if Dallas draws uh, and either Portland or San Jose loses or draws. Well, specifically San Jose if they lose or draw. But Portland, if they draw, then Dallas doesn't get in. Um, San Jose, if they lose against Austin – and Dallas has the advantage in tiebreakers over San Jose, then Dallas will get in. Or Dallas can get in with a Kansas City draw against Minnesota. Needless to say, the uh, seeds two through nine are still well up for grabs in the Western Conference in the final day of the Major League Soccer season here. But... uh, 
Go, go ahead, Alex. And I, yeah, no, I think just early observation would be it's just there's so much parity. I think in a league like the MLS where it's still, you know, you still mm-hmm. got to get more more support. It's not one of the big four, even though I think us three all agree it should be. It's an incredible sport. It's celebrated so much worldwide. In most countries, it is the sport with a capital T. So it's just different here. It's just different. So I think the more parity, the better. You don't want one or two super teams because then those other cities, it's just going to be harder to attract new fans. So, I mean, I think the parity is right. for by, by the way, I want to get your thoughts on the on the new format of the playoffs where they have an official wild card game and the wild card winner goes on to face the number one seed of each conference. Uh, and the first round following the wild card, the first round will be officially a best of three series with the higher seed uh, having home field advantage during those three games. Pretty cool. I like that. It's it's unique. It's it's to generate again to try something out and try to spark yeah. additional interest. So it's like go against the grain. They, they got to try some different things to kind of yeah, you know do. generate more interest. Can't stay the same. So I think that's pretty cool. And obviously, I think we would all agree, listeners and and you and hope, I think Lou would too. I mean, it's you know if you're the wild well, card, you're, you're lucky to get in. You should definitely be on the road. So the number one seed definitely deserves. I like that all. all Potentially all three of the games, even the tie-breaking game three, could be at the number one seed. Make it really hard for the wild cards. That's that's a, that's one thing that almost annoys yeah. me sometimes. If someone sneaks in, I mean, hello Phillies. You know, there's random in every sport. Like when the eight seed comes in, if the other team has a couple injuries, next thing you know, it's like all that hard work in the regular season when you won 65 games in NBA or went 13 and four in the NFL, it can go out the window. So it's like. I, I like how it makes it a lot harder for the wild card. I think they should do that in other sports. Yeah. So, for instance, I think the Phillies being a wild card in MLB, I think they should uh-huh. have to play on the road more than they have. Make it even harder, you know. So, you know, um, reward the reward the higher seed even more than they already do in other sports. So, I really like I like this the playoff scenario for the MLS. Yeah. It's almost like in these right, other sports, exactly. as long as you just get in, if you get in, what's the big difference in a seven-game series having, like, four home games versus three? Sure, it's, a, it's an advantage, but all that hard work and success in the regular season when you were that much better than the wildcard team, it's kind of, like, evened out once you're in. It's just like, as long as you're in, you got a great shot. Yeah. So, I, because I like the home team doesn't really mean anything because, you know, you can, you can lose at home, too, as well as on the road. So the whole thing about yeah. having a home advantage thing, you're going to win. No. That's a myth. That's the only thing that's going to happen. Yeah. And it's all, like you said, Lou, it's all important. Like, it's, but you see these, like, game ones or game twos. If someone steals game one, the home field of energy works for, like, five months to for four, four or five or six months during the season to accomplish. Yeah. It's just thrown out the window. It's thrown out in one game. One night later, totally even, you lose that home field advantage. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it, it just. Yeah, it, it's it's just so weird how the you know how, how the whole home field advantage thing plays out because it's almost like what's the purpose of even having home like yeah you have home field advantage but you can still lose at home you know home field yeah. advantage there's not really 
there's not really a foregone thing like, oh, if you have home field advantage, you know, you have a guaranteed huge – it's not really a huge nope. advantage, so to speak. Yeah, and I think it's because now with sports were different uh, back, you know, a couple decades ago. It was totally different. It was a lot harder. A lot fewer teams made the playoffs, and there was a lot less free agency. Right. So you had, yeah. you had a lot less teams, frankly, that had a shot. So it was different. Now it's more about the dollar sign and ratings and money and bigger audiences and TV and, uh, you know, Barstool Sports and obviously ESPN and CBS and Fox taking over. So they, they, if they were up to right. the commissioners – it was up to Goodell and all these commissioners and NHL and NBA. I, I would bet a dollar that they, every one of them would almost want every team in the playoffs. They want all these stadiums full. They want all the fans equally excited. So it's totally different than it used to be when you were, there were like four or five awesome teams in, in each league. And that, if that, if that, maybe just one or two, that would face, you know, that would get to the World Series every year against each other sometimes. Now it's just totally different. Yeah, they made it too easy now. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like it. Yeah, they I mean, have. Yeah, like there's just more and more playoff teams every year. I like it for the really small market teams that never really have a shot. But most times, though, it's just uh, kind of watered down. Yeah, it should be like really hard to get into the playoffs. You were talking about, or you mentioned barstool sports. Uh, I want to go to this next topic because, uh, my God, uh, the audacity at some of the. Some of, some of the things on this one specific topic uh, that I saw on Barstool Sports in particular, uh, prospective number one overall pick in this year's NFL draft, Caleb Williams, apparently wants a portion of the ownership of whichever team selects him in the NFL draft. And – it, said, it also says, likewise, a league source tells Pro Football Talk that Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers attempted to secure equity in the Jets uh, in, during his contract discussions. The Jets never had to say no because the league did it for the Jets and every other team last week. Uh, now, here's the thing. I can understand Aaron Rodgers because he has earned it. Almost like Tom Brady, for example. If Tom Brady were to have gone to the Oakland Raiders, or the Vegas Raiders, I mean, and he wanted part ownership. Like, I mean, technically, he is technically part owner right now, I think, with the thing he's going through. Um, and if it's somebody that has proven something in the league. But if you're a guy like Caleb Williams, who, yeah, okay, you're a big shot in college, big deal. You know, you haven't proven yourself at the uh, at the NFL level yet. And not just that, but you could almost consider this as a conflict of interest, being a owner, a part owner of a team. Okay, what if what if the team decides they don't want you know, they don't want you on that team anymore? Like what if you oh. suck and all of a sudden now the now the team decides they want to get rid of you, oh, but they can't get rid of you because you're a part owner. I mean, that's gonna really uh, let's open start, up let's a big start. ass can of worms. It's gonna, it's gonna open up a big ass can of worms. I mean, it's really gonna open up a, yeah. a, a floodgate of uh, there could be terrible implications. I mean, if this starts, then every other pl- good player, or, you know, franchise type player. I mean, you're gonna start seeing more and more 
Kyrie Irving type situations, James Harden type situations where, no, I'm not playing for them. He already gave a list of who he's going to play for. Like, oh, come on, man. He hasn't even played it down Wait, in the NFL. He? he just got his ass kicked. He just got his ass kicked in college football last weekend. But he's going to go to the Wait a minute. Did he, did he really – did he really give a give a name of teams that he was going to play for? Yeah, I didn't. Not on Barstool. And I, by the way, I think it's it's hilarious and funny. He's kind of a jackass. I'm not like trying to worship Barstool, but they are kind of funny. Yeah. But I just brought them up randomly. He is he is he's clever. The guy's a salesman, and he's pretty funny. He's kind of sarcastic and kind of an ass clown. So I can I can relate it at least there. But yeah, he's uh, no. He gave a list. It wasn't. I don't think it's not on Barstool. But he gave a list of something. It was like San Fran. It was like the California stuff because he's from USC. And then it was like the Giants. He left out two or three of the worst teams. Like he didn't mention he he didn't he did not mention that he would be willing to play for like the Panthers or the Bears. It was a list of like three California teams and like both New York teams. Cowboys, you know, major market, Cowboys, major market. Cowboys too. Yeah, yep. it's okay. It says here, Cowboys, Raiders, Vikings, Giants, and Niners, as well as the Falcons. I'm sorry. Uh, this, you know what? Now, willing to play. Now okay. I want, if New, England, if New England gets the number one overall pick, now I want them to take Drake May. Because yeah. who does this guy think he is? And I know he's, I, I've been shooting this horn. I know he's supposedly really awesome. Good for him. But he's being an, an idiot. Way too cocky. And demanding, and, he, and and again, he just they just got their front door kicked in on national TV last weekend, and he comes out acting like he's bigger than Michael Jordan right after he loses. Oh, I'm only going to play for these teams. <laughs> Focus on winning some games now. Yeah, no oh, one's ever done that. My God. Yeah, but what the teams don't want the power? Yeah. Well, they have to be in position first, Diane, to even draft him. That's the problem. Well, then that's on them. That's right. They get to select mm-hmm. they draft. I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't be opposed to say if New England has the number one overall pick, which I mean, quite frankly, look at how, look at how dog shit they're playing this year. It is a legitimate exactly. possibility that they will have the number one overall pick. Uh, I wouldn't mind having Caleb Williams uh, as long as he gets off his uh, his high horse. And cause I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. Um, if Belichick is still the head coach, well, actually, if Belichick is still the head coach, that means that Caleb Williams will not be a yeah. Patriot because Belichick will go defense instead with the number one overall pick. Um I mean, th- this kid is six and one this year. Twenty-three touchdowns, four picks. I don't know what he's done so far tonight uh, against, I think, Utah. They're playing, um, but I mean, he had forty-two touchdowns, five picks last year uh, in in his first year in USC, which is fine and dandy. But you know, this guy is acting. It, it seems like he's acting as if he's the greatest of all time. Like he's the he's the greatest player to ever come out of college of all time. He's better than Brady, better than Peyton Manning, better than Rodgers. No I mean, way. Lou, what are your what are your th- what are your thoughts, Lou, on this on this jackass basically 
trying to trying to essentially uh, call the shots and uh, basically say I'm going to be part owner of whatever team I'm drafted by. Yeah, right. Sure you are. You're just shooting your big mouth open. No doubt about it. He's going to be the number one pick. Well, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, he's definitely good. He's definitely good. He's he's the prospective number one overall pick in the draft this year. So, I mean, he's definitely good. Uh, but the thing is, he's good against college players. We right. don't know. We we don't know how he's gonna be against NFL defenses. You know, for all we know, he could uh he could end up being another Ryan Leaf potentially, who oh, completely on. crashed and burned who completely crashed and burned in right. the NFL uh during the Peyton Manning because uh, d- d- he was he was drafted the same year as Peyton Manning, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, he could he could be another crash and burn type of player for all we know. Or it could be yeah. he could be somebody like Matt Stafford, who Matt Stafford took all the way until oh, there's another Schwarbaum. Three nothing uh three nothing Phillies. Uh you know, he could be basically he he could be basically uh, there, there's a whole a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of possibilities. You know, he could be the next Pat Mahomes, uh, except Pat Mahomes wasn't taken number one overall. Uh, he could be no, he wasn't the next Matt Stafford, who takes forever until until he's in his thirties to win a uh, to win a Super Bowl. Right. You know, I think it all depends. On where he's drafted, in particular. What is he being drafted? Well, I mean, the way it's looking like right now, when you take a look at certain, because keep in mind, teams that are at the bottom right now of the uh, of the NFL standings as a whole, they may not necessarily need a quarterback. I mean, you take. Say the Bron- well Broncos, yeah, they might be in the running potentially. Um, yeah, Broncos maybe. But did he say, is he the diva ready to go play for uh, Denver? Well, he'll join yeah. a fellow diva in uh, in Peyton. Yeah, I mean the overall point is no matter who he thinks he is or who he will be, no 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 player has ever done this in the history of the NFL. So it's right brass ball. I mean it's it's it's. it's really mind-boggling it's like what are you doing you're still in college you don't get to determine where you go <laughs> you don't call the shots right yeah but well, i mean yeah, let's take a look at some of the other if you take a look at some of the other teams like carolina they just got bryce young i highly doubt that if carolina gets the number one overall pick i highly doubt that they're going to select caleb williams Unless they select right. Caleb Williams and immediately trade Bryce Young, which in that case, uh, send him over to New England. We'll take him. We'll gladly take him. Um, 
the Cardinals, the Cardinals might be an option, considering the fact that Kyler Murray uh, would rather play Call of Duty instead of suit up for an NFL game. <laughs> uh, Maybe some right. Fortnite, too. Maybe Fortnite as well. Give him some credit. Uh, <laughs> Chicago, would they be willing to move on from Justin Fields already? He's really regressed, I think. It's, yeah, he hasn't proven much. That's going on second year now, sophomore campaign. I mean, I don't know what the whole team looks broken, but I, I don't think they would pass him up. Yeah. Giants could be in the mix too. Giants totally. are one and five. Yeah. They just gave and they just gave Daniel that huge contract, but he's yeah. I don't like him because of his demands, but this guy's definitely better than uh, than the Giants quarterback. I'll tell you that much. Definitely, he is very, very, very good. But still, he should not be t- trying to tell everyone where he can go and where he can't go. It's not up to him. All right. Oh, and Harper now joins the fray. Oh, Philly is Philly is doing their best tonight to make sure that the bullpen isn't the one that decides the uh, the game yeah, tonight. Yeah, last night. What a His, fu- yeah, what a fucking disgrace that gone. was with Kimbrel. Kimbrel might come in and throw throw beach balls though. You know, I told I told uh, I told one of my friends I I told one of my friends in whispers when when they first got Kimbrel I said uh, you better have a lot you better have a lot of uh, a lot of aspirin or Tylenol on standby for you because uh, you're gonna get massive headaches watching him pitch in the ninth. Something Is Kimbrel not good? He used to be. Okay. He used to be. He he used to be one of the elite closers in the game, and then all of a sudden, uh, he decided, no, I'm gonna only throw the fastball. And teams, very uh, obviously, obviously, that's the one thing that teams look for is his fastball high enough. And the dumbass still throws it there. So. Uh, um, you know, another team. Uh, obviously, you know, my Patriots will be in the thick of it for Caleb Williams. So, like I said, uh, I think it, it, I think there is a possibility that even if they get the number one overall pick, they may pass on Caleb Williams and go for Drake May out of uh, North Carolina, which is entirely possible. So, uh you know, there, there's also a couple of other teams, Titans, maybe, potentially, in the mix. Uh, Chargers just signed Herbert, so I highly doubt that they would be in there. Um, Vikings? Vikings, I think, is a possibility. Considering the fact that it's very likely that they will move on from Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it looks like Cousins last year. They're really going south, and they're looking to rebuild. They might make some trades. They they would take a guy like him. So yeah, other than that, that, I mean, if you let that happen, it's just I mean, it's then it's just again, then it's like they're running the whole show. Just like what I was saying before, not to sound like you know a ninety year old get off my lawn, but like it's like Harden and Kyrie again. Like you cannot control where you go. Like that's not how it works. And especially in that oh, night, exactly. you, haven't played a sec- you haven't even played a second in the NFL yet. I'm going to go here. It's just, it's yeah. just ridiculous. 
It is. Yeah, no, exactly. You got you got a very you bring up a very good point that it's it would be different if you're somebody like Aaron Rodgers who has played in the NFL and has won a Super Bowl, uh, and you know has a bit of equity around the league. But this guy, yeah, okay, he's great in college, but he's a nobody right now when it comes to uh, pro sports. So. Yeah, he's the number one overall pick, uh, the, the the prospective number one overall pick, but he has yet to prove himself. Kind of like, kind of like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young this year. You know, they were contenders for the number one overall pick uh, heading into this past draft, and now look at them this year. Both of their teams are struggling, with the exception of Houston. Houston is kind of starting to get into the mix there in the south of the AFC. But, uh, you know, Bryce Young has yet to win a game with the Panthers. Because you're a potential number one overall pick doesn't mean that you're going to all of a sudden be this huge star. Got that right. Uh, sticking with uh, sticking with uh, college sports, the NCAA is officially investigating Michigan over alleged sign stealing. Yep. As uh, it is worth noting that the NCAA does not have rules specifically against stealing signs, but they do prohibit in-person advanced scouting of opponents and using electronic equipment to re- to record an opponent's signals and this is the latest rule-breaking allegation against Jim Harbaugh's program uh, that is currently as of now amongst uh, the championship favorites uh, potentially for the national title Uh, the Big Ten also announced that it was informed of the investigation but they provided no further details Uh, and it's worth it's, you know, it's worth noting as well that Harbaugh served a university-imposed three-game suspension to start the season for a still-unresolved NCAA infractions case uh, against them. And, of course, Michigan's athletic director, War, uh, Ward Manuel, uh, did say that they will offer their that they will uh, have complete cooperation uh, to the NCAA uh, in regards to this matter, uh, and he also gave the same shtick about how uh, they're all committed to the highest standards of ethics and integrity, yada yada yada, uh, basically like every university says. Uh, it also says too that there are there are bylaws prohibiting unsportsmanlike or unethical activities as well. Uh, when it comes to the NCAA. And the NCAA, as far as this goes, they had no comment, and the league offered very little uh, more to go with this, um, basically saying that they consider the integrity of competition to be of utmost importance and will continue to monitor the investigation, a.k.a. we're not telling you shit until we, find, um, until we uh, discover more. Yeah. So, you know, and I think it's worth noting as well that uh, Michigan has basically plowed through their opponents this year. So it does make you wonder 
could they potentially be stealing signs or, you know, is it just a case of their opponents stuck? And it has become, uh, you know, complaints again about possible sign stealing. They have become somewhat common amongst college football coaches. So this isn't really anything new uh, when it comes to college football. And also as well, they do not use the same radio technology and helmets that the NFL uses to allow coaches to communicate with the players on the field. So hand signals uh, and also play cards are often used on the sideline during games to call plays for both the offense and the defense, like it used to be in the NFL. So, uh, you know, uh, it's worth stating as well that – Pittsburgh's coach, Pat Narduzzi, who was formerly the Michigan State defensive coordinator, uh, has said that it doesn't shock me if it happened. He said he's not accusing anybody, but to, but to him, uh, sign stealing has been happening for a while. So, I mean, let's get, let's get your thoughts first on this, Lou. What are your thoughts on potential sign stealing? Uh, from from the uh, Michigan Wolverines. Uh, it's like baseball over again. You know you shouldn't do, be doing it. Then again, coming from that, you know, uh, with the rivalry between Michigan and Michigan State, uh, you know, it doesn't really shock me because those two teams can't stand each other anyway. So they'll do anything to, for these tactics. You know, it, it doesn't doesn't fit. I'm surprised he was coming before. But sign stealing, you know, it's it's just like, you know, with the Houston Astros in 2017 and whatnot. And now it's like uh, college is falling in the, in the uh, professional football. Um, well, we succeed now. Let's see who else is going to succeed with. I mean, it's going to just carry over and, and it won't stop. It just goes on. What, are you, what, 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 what is your take on, uh, on this, Alex? On the Michigan scandal? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, where there's smoke, there's fire. I think there's going to be some infra, some penalties handed out. They're beating up on Michigan State right now, but it doesn't. Yeah, we'll see what happens by the end of the year. They might have to withdraw some. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the inside info. So that's too early, too early for me to tell. But it doesn't sound like a good story for them on, unfolding right now. Nope. Diane, what are, what are your what are your thoughts? Uh, on the potential sign stealing uh, allegations against uh, Michigan, considering this isn't the first thing that they've been accused of uh, this uh, this season so far. It's possible. You could say that again. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it is possible, considering the fact that. Uh, you know, like Alex said, where there's smoke, there's fire. And when you already have uh, accusations against you from something else, and now you go into this, it's it, there. There's basically there's definitely something bubbling underneath under the surface. So it would not surprise me at all uh, if nope. that. Is yeah. I will say this though: if it happens to be true, it will probably cause chaos. It will be chaos. Yes, it will be chaos. Oh, if it, it happens to be true, will. 
you know, I think I think the one thing too, they may actually look at uh, they may look if it, if it's proven to be true, they may look further back and and determine and try to determine how long these sign these sign stealing uh, things have been taking place. That maybe perhaps kind of kind of kind of like kind of like what know. was done. Uh, what was <laughs> What was the last big college uh, controversy where wins had to be taken away? Oh, good question. I remember Michigan with Chris. Well, Lockett I don't think I'm asking me. Not football. What's that? Yeah, quite a while. Was it was uh, it the Paterno case or was it? Uh, yeah. I think it was oh, the I can't case. remember. So, I mean, could could there be could we possibly see wins be uh, be voided as yes. a result of that? As a result of this, depending on if they if they look further back. Yeah, how further back will they look though? As long as they can prove it was the current, right. Yeah, it could be. It could be for as long as Jim Harbaugh has been uh, the the coach of uh, of Michigan, yeah. which has been mm-hmm. has been since 2015. So, uh, you know, he has 136 wins right now in his college. Uh, well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. Well, not all of them came from Michigan. But let me let me see what what is his record with Michigan right now. Uh, his record with Michigan right now is 78 and 25 since joining Michigan. So uh, it's possible that if they decide to, depending on on how uh, you know how long they've been doing these uh, stealing signs, he could have quite a bit of wins potentially taken away from not just himself but also the university as a whole. That's not yeah. good. And that's not image yeah. for him. No, and not just not just that too, but also this could result potentially in Harbaugh being the one taking the fall, and this could cause him to get fired from Michigan. And then what? Then more chaos on <laughs> Pretty much. Right. I mean, you know, it's still, it's still a definitive possibility. That's for sure. When it comes to, I mean, there's, there's obviously been speculation over the years that Harbaugh would eventually leave to go back to the NFL, but uh, he had since been committed to staying in, uh, staying in Michigan, but. Now this may potentially trade, change things, and who knows if he gets fired, he may not even be because of this baggage. He may not even be able to go back to the NFL or anywhere else for that matter. Yeah. Pretty okay, much. Okay, I'm I'm gonna sign up now. Good night. Have a good night, Diane. All right, uh, our next 
our next uh, topic here, sticking with the NFL, actually, is the NFL trade deadline, which is upcoming. Uh, the NFL trade deadline takes place on Halloween this year, uh, which teams will be able to make trades until the 4 p.m. cutoff, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and there's already been one trade that has actually taken place this past week as Kansas City reacquired McCall Hardman from the New York Jets in exchange, along with a seventh-round draft pick in 2025 in exchange for a sixth-round draft pick in 2025. And, yeah. you know, ju- just when we thought that Patrick Mahomes was starting to look human, now, all of a sudden, he gets back a player that was stellar uh, in a Kansas City uniform and, for some reason, has not been used at all this year uh, by the Jets. So now, uh, you know, this just, uh, this just adds, uh, you know, another weapon for him to potentially for, – for Pat Mahomes to potentially use here. Yeah, it's familiar with them. Um, they just they have like what, like ten different receivers they throw to. If anything happens long term to Kelsey, that the Chiefs go down too. Yeah. <laughs> He's like ninety four percent of their offense. Well, him and him and Mahomes. That's it. They're unstoppable. You know, it, Kelsey's it's, getting a little it's just puzzling enjoy though. The it's, enjoy the ride, Chiefs fans, because Kelsey's like what thirty five, thirty six years yeah. old. So they can have all these like I mean, they have like nine. Though. They have like nine average receivers that all rotate. I've never seen a team do that. They, they literally, if you look at their stats every Sunday, there's like ten people catch a ball. So I don't know, but a Kelsey yeah, catches but you know, like Kelsey catches fifty percent of them, and then everyone else has one catch. The offense is Kelsey. You know what's you know what's puzzling though is why does New York sign McCall Hardman for four million dollars and then they barely even use him? It's like why yeah, did you no, even bother signing him in the first place? Yeah. What'd you accomplish on that? Nothing. Yeah, I would use them. Yeah. Because I mean, they, it, and then in the two games that he has played, in the two games he has played this year, and it's not like he's been injured, but in the two games right. he has played, he's only made one catch for six yards. Because he's only been targeted yeah. once. The Giants got Paris Campbell. He was a number one round pick at Ohio State for the Colts, and yeah, he hasn't done anything. Giants. I, I think Harvard's more just like a system of beneficiary uh, product of Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid. And that, yeah, he burned four million dollars, like thrown out the window. He didn't even suit up. So, I, I mean, that's an indictment on him not looking good as a Jet. There's no other reason why they wouldn't even play him. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe he'll thrive again and. Casey, he was like a gadget guy. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how to, what to really think of that guy. He'll get a couple TDs for the, for the Chiefs. And by the way, speaking yeah. of the Jets, uh, speaking of the Jets, it, apparently they may be willing to move on from defensive lineman Carl Lawson as they are officially – they have officially uh, made it known to the rest of the league that he is available, according to Diana Russini of The Athletic. So, 
He he had literally uh, he had signed a three year deal for forty five million dollars uh, during the twenty twenty one off season with the Jets, and granted he hasn't gotten a quarterback hit or a sack yet this year, uh, but it looks like you know for the Jets who are looking to stay in the playoff picture, uh, this is a guy who notched seven sacks for them last year, and now all of a sudden. It looks like he may be he may be potentially on the move for a third or fourth round pick. I mean, that's you know that's one of the many names that is potentially up for uh, up for grabs here. Uh, one name that isn't up for grabs though, according to ESPN, is Devontae Adams as it has been reported uh, that the Raiders will not trade Devontae Adams before the deadline, uh, which, I mean, honestly, you know, Adams has seemingly been disgruntled in in Vegas ever since they got rid of Carr. So, yes. I don't know. I think that's kind of a bit of a mistake by Vegas, especially if it looks like they're not going to be really going anywhere. My thoughts exactly. Uh, also, Howie Roseman apparently is working the lines in Philadelphia to try and acquire a safety, which I find I find pretty interesting, uh, considering the fact, obviously, you know, they're they're pretty banged up uh, defensively. They they're missing a couple of uh, a couple of cornerbacks as well. Um, Reed Blankenship has dealt with rib injuries this year. Uh, Justin Evans and rookie Sidney Brown have missed uh, time with injuries. There's also uh, some talk that Buda Baker or Justin Simmons may potentially be targets for the Eagles here. Uh, another name to keep an eye on as well is Kyle Duggar of the Patriots. If the Patriots decide to be full on sellers, Kyle Duggar could be a name to keep an eye on for Philadelphia. So uh, let's start with you, Lou. What are your thoughts on Philadelphia? Uh, seems like they're going to be very active potentially at this trade deadline. Yeah. Obviously, but- but what do they got to worry about? They're the best in the NFC, so whatever they trade for, I don't think there's much of a problem. Well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say yeah. they're the best team in the NFC because you know there is still San Francisco, but well, uh, we lost too, so I guess you call it a tie. I mean, I I, th- I think it's the fact that they made the Super Bowl last year and they lost. So yes. they want to try and capitalize for as long as this window is open. Of course. They want to try and capitalize as much as as much as possible. Of course they would, you know. So it'll be it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the next two weeks. So keep my eye on it. Uh Alex, what are your thoughts on uh on Howie Roseman? feverishly apparently working the uh working the phone lines to try and add a safety. 
yeah, it's much needed. They they've they've had some really they lost um ah oh, God Gardner Johnson the the CJ Gardner Johnson who had a big year last year um he signed with who the heck where did he go really good player they only got him for yeah, a year for the he just left he went to the Lions and they're and not just because of him but they're a great defense um yeah and then they're just kind of banged up in the secondary. They're, he's always going for these big names now, so I don't know. I don't want it to turn into like when that when they did that Dream Team thing where it was just a fiasco. So I don't want to bring in too many older mercenaries, but yeah, if they can add a good safety, that's definitely a, one of their weaknesses. They got several weaknesses here. I never said they were the best team. I mean, I thought they were destined to maybe get back, but they've been really bit by the injury bug. So, you know, we'll see. I guess the the, the Tennessee has one, and then a couple of these bad teams like in the Broncos, a couple of these bad teams have really good safeties and they really, that's what the Eagles need. So we'll see. I don't think Julio Jones is going to move the needle at all <laughs> as far as what they've been doing. No, no. Uh, I'll <laughs> tell you another, <laughs> another name to keep an eye on as well. Another name to keep an eye on as well is potentially a reunion with Jalen Mills with the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, he worked, I think that's he a hard potential hard. option. He he he's been better. I mean, really, he's been better as, as a Patriot for what it's worth. I mean, he's he was like a really hard worker, like a popular guy, like always was very physical, would tackle people and stuff. But he would get he would get burned a lot. He'd, get, he'd give up a lot of first downs as an eagle. So I don't know, but hey, I wouldn't mind it. They really need help. It's so tough to even get there once. So who knows if they'll get back in the next five years. So, yeah, he's feverishly working the phones because they want to try to get back. But it's definitely not, not a guarantee. But, yeah, he's a really good GM. Love, love or hate the Eagles. I mean, the guy does add a lot of talent, and he drafts really well. So, yeah, if I had, if I had to bet, yeah, they'll probably bring in a safety. They'll maybe give up, like, a second or third round pick. I don't know. Kelsey, well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you right now, I think – I think I think Duggar would definitely be worth a second or a trade with New England. Yeah, sure. I mean, they have like because Duggar has definitely guys. put up the numbers. Hurts is, is like their leader, and he's younger. But I mean, look at that incredible offensive line. They're all pretty old. But once that starts to go, I mean, it's like, yeah, they're kind of on the clock. They got to do it in the next couple of years. So, yeah. So that just kind of solved the, the riddle for me. So I guess yeah, they are gonna. They're probably going to go all in and add some more veterans to try to really try to their best to get back in the next few years. Duggar, what position is he? Is he a linebacker or a safety? Or a Duggar? He's a, Duggar is a safety. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So Patriots start selling off pieces. They have really good defense defenders. So, yeah, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you right now too. I think it would I think it would be a huge mistake if New England doesn't sell. I've heard rumors that they may try to buy and sell, which would be a huge mistake. They need to they need to flat out sell. Yeah, it's time. They gotta really they gotta cover. And they gotta get rid of you know who. They really gotta hit reset. Right. Yeah. They have to. I don't even know and now if I'm thinking Bill or it could be Mac, I don't know who's to blame. They got to get rid of Bill. Yeah, they got to really build it with the right person in charge. Bill had an incredible run, I, one of the best, but it's done. 
Yeah, I can already tell you there's a couple of players that you could potentially look at as uh, potential pieces to be sold off. Uh, Josh Uche, uh, granted he's, he's still young, he's 25 years old, uh, one of our best defenders, uh, could easily be had for a second or third round pick, I feel, considering he had 11 and a half sacks last year. Uh, I would have said Judon if Judon didn't get injured. Uh, I think Kendrick Bourne is available. I think if if a team desperately needs a quarterback and they think Mac Jones could potentially turn things around with them, I think Mac Jones is going to be available. Uh, I think Hunter Henry could be available. There's a, There's quite a few players on this team right now. Uh, that could potentially be enticing to a couple of teams. Because, I mean, it's clear as day right now that they're they're headed nowhere. You know, they're basically – Yeah. The, this team is not is not making the playoffs. You know, I, I, I still stand by that. I think heading into the bye week, they could be one and nine. Because they're going to get demolished by the Bills this week. Uh, next week – I forget who they have next week. I think it's the Dolphins. Um, or no, it's uh, Indiana. I think I think it's Indianapolis next week. Oh, oh! I meant to ask ask you, Steve. Sorry, but on this on this topic, you're talking about different things. Like not to, not to go back to Barstool. It was somewhere else. I read there's insider. Someone reported within a couple of days that there's a belief in the Patriots. You know, in inside headquarters in the building that they're quietly. Losing on purpose at this point to try to get it to try to get the highest pick possible, like they're tanking. I don't even know if that's true. Which I, I think is a good move. They're not. It's like they're not even. They can't move oh. the ball on offense. It's like, dude, it just has to stop. They got to just blow this thing up. And I think it starts with Bill Belichick, yeah. just the drafting, and just yeah, it's you guys deserve better. The fans deserve better. And you know, I agree with I agree with that uh, with that assessment. If they are if they are purposely throwing games, I say good. You know, obviously Mac yeah. Jones isn't throwing games, but uh, if if the rest of the team is throwing games, good. And I know I know this may make me sound like a fair weather fan, but I mean it's blatantly clear that they're you know they're nowhere close to being a playoff contending team. So why would you even bother trying to trying to play for a playoff spot at this point when you're not going to be anywhere close to the playoffs? Exactly. Start it over. By the way, this just in: Virginia has upset number ten North Carolina, thirty-one yep. to twenty-seven. Virginia heading into this game with a plus thirteen hundred on the betting line. Yeah, North Carolina was favored to win, favored to win by twenty four points. <laughs> Huge so upset! Wow. Huge upset. Carolina's like Duke. I never think of them as a big football school. It's always like basketball. I'm never no, like, you know. oh wow. Carolina's on, they're going to, like, that's way too many points. That's an ACC matchup. Virginia's not terrible. Yeah, that spread was just, like, 24 points. That's a massive point spread. 
They have one outright. That's crazy. All right. Uh, another, another, uh, another little tidbit about a certain player. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are taking calls for star pass rusher Danielle Hunter. However, uh, apparently they have yet to receive a substantial offer, but apparently he is on the market, according to uh, Diana Rossini of The Athletic, even though ESPN's Jeremy Fowler has said that the Vikings aren't interested in dealing him. So apparently it will take a sizable offer for a team to land Danielle Hunter uh, this year, which I mean, I guess I guess it makes sense considering the fact that even though they're two and four, Minnesota technically is not out of the playoff picture. Uh, Minnesota is still, with how that division is, they still could potentially, uh, you know, wiggle their way into playoff contention potentially. I get the feeling like now, Cousins is kind of her cousin's on his way out. They're, I think they're just kind of they're ready to blow it up, ready to trade off people. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think they're going anywhere. So time to time to get some draft picks and start things over. All right, moving over to MLB. We have uh, first off at the end of seven uh, at the end of seven innings. Uh, Philadelphia has a four to one lead over Arizona in Game Five of the NLCS. We'll start with the NLCS. Who would have thought that Arizona would all of a sudden come back from being down two zero in a series that looked like Philadelphia was well in the driver's seat and. All of a sudden, their bullpen apparently forgot how to close out games. Yeah, especially for last night. I mean, you had the game in the bag, and you blew it. Oh. That was just like, ugh. I mean, my God, you know, how horrible of a bullpen must you have and by the way, uh, Bryce Harper, I became, I, I believe uh, there was some sort of uh, some sort of tidbit here. Let me go back, actually, because uh, a friend, a uh, friend of mine, point. Yeah, uh, Bryce Harper is the first Philly in history to steal home in a postseason game for the Philadelphia the Phillies. Wow. But still, this is exactly what this is exactly what Philly gets. They got seven strong innings from Zach Wheeler tonight. And now it makes you wonder how the hell how the hell is the bullpen gonna screw things up. That thought had crossed my mind. Yeah. No I no leader's gonna be safe. Yeah, they're probably gonna go with Hoffman and then they're gonna go with Jose Alvarado to close out the game potentially. Uh, for Philly here, which, I mean, obviously a very crucial game five, uh, especially with game six being back in Philly, Philly could potentially close it out. Not exactly inspiring. Not exactly uh, entertainment, Mo Rivera. Oh, no. And not just that, but apparently – 
apparently tickets in Arizona were the, – the prices were basically very – like you could find tickets for like eight bucks online apparently. When Philadelphia went up to nothing. I mean, these were, you know, it, I guess Arizona fans didn't really have any confidence in their team because, I mean, it's astronomical, the fact that you would see, you would see playoff tickets for, for that low of a price. Yeah. I mean, my God. But uh, still, though, you know, the the bullpen, the bullpen, though, is the one thing that I think is holding Philadelphia back. And that kind of worries me moving forward here for Philadelphia, especially if they have to face uh, high-powered offenses of both the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros. You know, it's honestly, I, I just, I don't see Philadelphia made the right move by trading for Michael Lorenzen at the yes. deadline this year. Problem is, I think they needed one extra bullpen arm because we're clearly seeing uh, the problems with Philadelphia's bullpen depth in this series. I mean, what, yeah. what are your thoughts uh, to start off with, Alex? What do you think why, – why do you think Philadelphia has struggled so badly against the team that to start off this series looked like they had completely worn themselves out after unloading all of their offense on L.A. last series? Well, yeah, I mean, Arizona, they're young, and they don't really know if they belong, and Philly's very cocky and confident and more veteran Latin, and then – they let him right back into the series and let him start believing again, thanks to their bullpen blowing it. Now it's a wide-open series. Bullpen's not the sexiest. It's probably the most boring or sometimes the most uh, disregarded. Like, not enough people focus it or on it or realize how important it is, but it's such an important part of any good ball club. So, Philly's got as great a lineup as anyone. But, yeah, if, if the bullpen can't hold the lead, what, what's for yeah, Arizona can win this series. Believe it or not, they still can. I think it's a possi- I definitely think it's a possibility if Arizona uh, can tap into some of the some of the uh, high offensive games that they that they had against uh, against LA. I think it's possible that they even if Philly wins tonight, that Arizona could take those last two games. Uh, what are your thoughts Luke, on the on this series? Well, I mean, I thought first when Philly was taking a two zero lead, it was going to be an easy an easy swap for the D backs. I didn't give the D backs much a chance at all uh, to to find this series, but they've fought the way back and have made this an interesting series now. But the way it's going tonight, I think Philly, uh, you know, is having again, you know, back having the upper hand, and you know, because they had the hot bats, you know, in the postseason, and I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, we're going to just throw right over them. But Dimebacks are proving, you know, why they got there. 
and they're they're giving it, and they're trying to uh, stay in the series. But I still think Philly is going to have the upper hand here. D-backs are going to try and give it a good shot, but uh, <laughs> I don't see holding up. And it is it is official. It looks like Hoffman will take the uh, will take the eighth inning for Philadelphia because uh, he is currently warming in their bullpen. So it looks like it'll be Alvarado for the ninth, uh, assuming oh, Arizona doesn't tie things up. Wow. I'm turning that on right now. I was watching USC Utah. USC, the number one, he thinks it's going to be the top shot at shit ever is uh, they're losing. USC is losing 28 to 14. Yeah, it's baseball time. Wow. Huh. Well, I guess uh I guess Caleb Williams ain't the uh you know, ain't the, the generational superstar that everybody <laughs> is uh is proclaiming yeah. him to be apparently. Like two losses in a row as he makes demands no one no one else has ever made. He's uh maybe Unless he should try to get a win. defense is that horrible. A little bit of both. I, I think they're so hyped up because of him, but I'm not I'm just still yeah, it's just ridiculous. Utah looks like a really good team. But, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I should be watching baseball. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, speaking of baseball, moving over to the ALCS, where uh, we are headed to game six between Houston and Texas, with Houston oh, yeah. being able to potentially close it out. However, they will Yuck. be without uh, one of their pitchers, uh, after the events of last night's game, Brian Abreu pegging Adam oh. Garcia of the Texas Rangers after Adelise Garcia following hitting a home run. Uh, apparently, he walked a little too long down the right or d- down the first baseline, uh, which uh-huh. that apparently pissed off the Astros that literally the very first pitch that was thrown to him next time up uh, immediately pegged him right in the, uh, I, I believe it was right in the shoulder, uh, which then pissed off Garcia and caused him to charge. Uh, well, first it caused him to, uh, to charge uh, catcher Martin Maldonado before I believe I believe before he then turned his attention to uh to Abreu and that caused the benches to all of a sudden clear uh causing Abreu and Garcia to be thrown out of the game and then Dusty uh Dusty Baker for some reason was arguing uh the I, I guess he was he was arguing the fact that Abreu got thrown out so then he got his ass tossed out of the game uh, yeah, it, 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 the tempers are definitely starting to get very heated in this series. And Jose Altuve, of course, played the role of the hero last night with a three-run home run in the ninth inning to put the game away for uh, for the Houston Astros. Uh I mean, let's start with you, Lou, on on this series. Houston leading three games to two, uh, taking all three games from the Texas Rangers. I mean, what are you? What are you? What have been your thoughts on this series? I don't know what the hell happened. I mean, you know, the Rangers were, were cruising along, 
and everything, and, you know, Houston uh, looked like they were half dead, and all of a sudden they went back home. Well, well, the first three games, of course, not on the road, but Houston, you know, seemed to wake up his bats, and now I've surprised everybody. And with that that home run last night, I mean, that just, you know, has turned completely the series around, and now the Rangers are in the hole again. And, of course, blame it on Altuve, who screwed us up with the Yankees in 2017, and he did it again. I mean, Altuve is a dangerous player. Uh-oh. I think we got another home run here. Oh, wow. Adios. Yeah. Oh, J.T. Realmuto. Yeah. Realmuto. Uh, less than a minute less than a minute after Diamondbacks fans started doing the wave. Such a big lead, even Kimball could hold it. But I think Kimball has yeah, got it. So even handcuffs He's in handcuffs behind the, like, uh, behind the dugout. They're not going to allow Kimbrell to pitch. He's chained <laughs> up somewhere in the, in the, the locker room. <laughs> yeah, this is what, this is looking like a win, honestly, for uh, for Philadelphia <laughs> right now. So uh, as I hate eating rum, but I got to split because uh, it's that time for another another edition of another show. <laughs> All right, Lou. Well, uh, we'll see. You. We'll see you next week. You got it, man. Right. All right. So tonight. So, all right. So we have um, obviously the probable pitchers for Game Six tomorrow. Uh, Nathan Eovaldi, who is a perfect three and O this postseason for the Rangers, uh, takes the mound with a two point two nine ERA against Framber Valdez, who is zero and two with an eleven point five seven ERA. For the Astros, good God, how Framber Valdez has seemingly fallen off of the face of the earth uh, this postseason, considering the fact that he's usually a pretty really a good, pretty yeah. good pitcher. I mean, he went twelve and eleven this season. I mean, what the hell happened to this guy? Yeah, I don't know. They're gonna they're gonna be a high scoring affair. Both both lines are. You know, loaded. So that could be a like a ten to eight game, nine to seven, something like that. I think Houston eventually. Not a lot of love for them, but they're they're the slightly better team. They've just been there before, more experienced. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know though because Nathan Eovaldi has been there before too, That's and true. we saw we saw what Eovaldi did in 2018 when he faced Houston. Or was it Houston or was it That's LA? Right. I forget which. Uh, but he ended up going like eight innings in extra innings. What time is it? And then tomorrow? pretty is much it the ver- is it afternoon? Is that tomorrow night? Uh, I think it might be tomorrow night. Let me double check. Uh, yeah, eight oh three tomorrow night on FS1. Wow. So, I mean, it's definitely – I think if anybody is going to keep Texas in this series, it's definitely going to be Evaldi. You know, he's the guy that, even though he may not be the best uh, on pa- you know, on paper, he may not be their, uh, their ace considering they had Jacob DeGrom, uh, Eovaldi is the one guy that you want to have the ball in a uh, in an elimination game. 
Yeah. He's the one guy that you want to have to keep yourself to keep yourself in the series. Uh, so I would be yeah. very surprised if we don't see another stellar performance from him tomorrow night. That's true. Yeah, Texas could do it. We shall see. Got to be it's during the Eagles uh, Dolphins, though. I think that's going to be a really right. good game. if we can slow down the cheetah somehow and all these speedsters. I, I don't yeah, know. I know. Real, real quick on that, I, the, the one time Miami looked really – really normal was when a tough Bills defense really gave it to them in Buffalo. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not playing in, uh, you know, sunny Florida tomorrow. They're playing at night on the North in the Northeast against a really physical, big defense. So I, I think, I, right. I don't know, not to sidetrack, but I think, I think Eagles have not been playing great, but I think the Eagles can be, win that game for sure. We'll see. Or the Dolphins can score 50. <laughs> I really don't know. But, by the way, a couple of uh, a couple of updates on soccer, Major League Soccer. Remember how I said Portland uh, Portland needed a win in order to clinch. They are currently losing two nil to the Houston Dynamo right now, which is a very big shocker. Wow! First half or second half? Sport. Uh, they just uh, they're about eleven minutes into the second half, so it's. I'm mistaken. It's a pretty big, a pretty big shocker. Uh, the fact that Houston is even leading. Yeah, and as as you know, man, the second half as that starts to wear on, man, a two goal deficit is just so much different than a one goal third. Uh, yeah, right. it's not looking good. Dallas, meanwhile, is blowing away the LA Galaxy four to one in the second right. half. Uh, sporting Kansas City. 2-0 over Minnesota right now with uh, 56 minutes in. Uh, Colorado and Real Salt Lake are tied up at uh, their scoreless, basically, in the second half. Uh, San Jose and Austin, Texas are tied up at one apiece. Seattle, they lead uh, St. Louis City FC, or St. Louis City SC, I mean, 2-0. Uh, and LAFC, which is a meaningless game, potentially, uh, 1-0 lead over the Vancouver Whitecaps uh, in the second half. So, you know, it's, I think it's definitely, when you take a look at some of the other scenarios that I brought up, Dallas does clinch if they beat L.A., which it looks like that is going to happen. Portland... Uh. Portland needs San Jose to lose, and right now that's not happening. And a draw looks unlikely. So Portland, unless they can turn this around all of a sudden, they will find themselves out of the playoffs. Wow. That's no baseball team, obviously no football team, just a, no hockey, no baseball. Yeah, it's like the Blazers and Timbers are everything out there. I've watched a couple of Timbers games, and the fans are really into it. That's that's too bad for them. Falling short once again. They need a miracle to get in now. They need they need a, a big bounce back. I'll put it that way. Wow! Now Florida going State. Florida, Florida State Duke twenty four twenty Florida State versus Duke. Oh wow! 
12 oh, okay. minutes left in, I, I know Duke, in Tallahassee. I know Duke yeah. entered the uh, Duke, Duke entered the quarter up 20 to 17. So wow, uh, there was talk that maybe they might be able to upset uh, Florida State, but Florida State uh, took the uh, retook the lead then. Yeah, it looks pretty good. I don't know. I know Philly could score 100 runs at any given time with the bullpen, but I'm gone. I think I'm sticking with Florida State now. <laughs> All right, going over to the NHL, uh, where we have the regular season officially underway, uh, the second week of the regular season. We do have a couple of finals already to report. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings with a 5-2 to two victory over the Ottawa Senators. Uh, we have the Arizona Coyotes with a 2-1 to one victory over the Anaheim Ducks. The Buffalo Sabres with a 3-1 to one victory over the New York Islanders. The Vancouver Canucks with a 5-3 to three victory over the Florida Panthers. In overtime, the Montreal Canadiens have topped the Washington Capitals 3-2. to two. Also in overtime, the Toronto Maple Leafs with a 4-3 to three victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, in their rematch uh, from, from last year's uh, playoff round. Uh, in Chicago, the Vegas Golden Knights have just gone up 5-2 to two over the Chicago Blackhawks uh, with about 3.51 remaining. And this also saw the second goal of Connor Bedard's career through, I believe, four games that, that he has played so far. Uh, some other scores, we have a tie game in Dallas, 4-4, to four, uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers potentially headed to overtime there. Uh, also a tie between the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Minnesota Wild 4-4. Four to four. That is potentially headed to overtime with about two minutes remaining. Uh, the Nashville Predators with a 5-1 to one victory over the San Jose Sharks. My God, are they still horrible. Uh, the St. Louis Blues with a 4-2 to two victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, other games still in action as of right now. The Carolina Hurricanes are losing 5-3 to three, uh, to the Colorado Avalanche. And I got to tell you, one of their big defensemen that they picked up, Dmitry Orlov, previously with the Boston Bruins last year between Boston and Washington, he has the worst plus-minus record of any defenseman this season so far. Wow. And he Boston signed Philly. a massive contract. Wow. Uh, other games still in progress. The Edmonton Oilers 2-1 to one, uh, in the first period over the Winnipeg Jets as of now. The Seattle Kraken with a one-to-nothing lead on the New York Rangers, uh, about nine and a half minutes to go in the first period, and the Boston Bruins and the LA Kings have officially dropped the puck, so they are officially underway. And you know, I gotta, t- I gotta tell you, um, despite losing Bergeron and Krejci, the Boston Bruins are three and zero to start off the season. Now yeah. of course that could that could be because of a favorable 
uh, a favorable schedule to start the year. They played Chicago, then they played Nashville, and now uh, just last game they beat the uh, the San Jose Sharks. Now this is actually maybe their big their first big test going up against the LA Kings with a two who have a two one and one record uh, to start off the year and they made the playoffs last year might I add uh, yeah but otherwise yeah this is actually a pretty surprising start for a team that literally lost uh, maybe two of their best players of the past decade or maybe decade and a half pretty promising right now other guys are really stepping up well yeah it's definitely it's definitely a a pretty big surprise uh considering the fact that they have two youngsters on the squad Matthew Poitois and uh John Beecher who both made the club uh on their opening day or their opening night roster uh, also, uh, a note as well, the Bruins have suspended winger Jake DeBrusque due to fail, uh, due to showing up late to a team meeting. Uh, because of that, he has been officially scratched from tonight's game as a healthy scratch. Uh, it is unknown whether or not he'll miss any more games after this or if, or if he'll just miss this game. Uh, but... <laughs> I think it's a pretty significant uh, – I'll put it this way. It's a pretty questionable decision, I feel, by head coach Jim Montgomery, considering the fact that he's now elevated Milan Lucic, who, might I add, is maybe the slowest skater on the team, uh, from the fourth line all the way up to the second line for tonight's game to replace DeBrusque. Wow. Well, either way, he needs to get a new alarm clock. That can't happen again. Can't miss stuff like that. Yeah, and so, so now it makes me wonder if uh, if maybe perhaps we'll see another trade request, uh, another trade request from DeBrusque like he had two years ago. Yeah, we'll see. But looking at the uh, looking at the standings from around the league, uh, starting in the Eastern Conference, the Atlantic Division. Th- what did I say about Detroit? Did I not say that Detroit was gonna ha- was gonna be a huge potential threat this year? Yeah, you mentioned it could be pretty dangerous. Well, they are, they are starting the season with a four and one record atop the Atlantic Division. Uh, with a plus 11 goal differential. The Boston Bruins are second in the division with a 3-0 record. The Ottawa Senators are in third, or they're tied for third, I should say, with a 3-2 record with both them and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, The Tampa Bay Lightning are in fifth with a 2-2-2 record. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens are in sixth with a 2-1-1 record. The Florida Panthers are in seventh with a 2-3 record. Uh, well, actually, they're tied with Buffalo with a 2-3 record for the seventh and eighth spots, uh, the seller of the Atlantic Division. In the Metropolitan Division, the Philadelphia Flyers are surprisingly off to a 3-1 start to the season, uh, leading the Metropolitan Division right now. 
with the Carolina Hurricanes in the second spot at three and two. The New York Islanders and New Jersey Devils are tied for the third, for the third and fourth spots with a two one and one record apiece. Uh, in the fifth spot, you have uh, a tie between the New York Rangers and the Columbus Blue Jackets with a two and two record apiece. The Pittsburgh Penguins, with all that money that they spent bringing in Eric Carlson, have a two and three record in the number seven spot in the cellar. And the Washington Capitals, with a one, two, and one record to start off the season, are in dead last in the Metropolitan Division. Wow. Going over, going over now to the Western Conference, uh, here they come again. The Colorado Avalanche, starting off the season with a perfect 4-0 record uh, for the Central Division. The Arizona Coyotes, with a 3-2 and two record, uh, are in second place, followed by the Dallas Stars with a 2-0-1 oh, record. Then you have the St. Louis Blues with a 2-1-1 one, one record in fourth place. Uh, in fifth place, you have the Minnesota Wild with a 2-2 two two record. In sixth place, you have the Nashville Predators at 2-3. and three. In seventh place, you have the Chicago Blackhawks at two and three, but it looks like they may be two and four potentially. Uh, I don't know if this has been updated yet. And in dead last, you have the Winnipeg Jets with a one and three record. Now, of course, might I add that this is early, very early on in the season, so yeah. these records right now don't really mean a thing. But, but all like with a team, a team like Detroit. That's a good call, Steve. So you got to take credit where it's due. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it is early. You also got to recognize that too. So both things are correct. But it gives a team that yeah, doesn't have much, it is like that. Not a lot of people are saying it's much more important for them to start hot than, you know, then it, it's. Right. I think it's a lot more newsworthy than if you know if a bat, if a if a top team starts off like two and four, you know what I mean? Because right. they can write the ship. But Detroit has a lot of confidence, so they can build off that. For the teams that are starting slow, it's like let's let's pump the brakes a little, because you know you know hockey better than I do. I mean these teams, it's such a grueling season, things can change. Yeah, and you got it. They got their and Detroit. They're putting different their combinations on power plays and changing different lines up, and people are just getting their legs back. There's so many different things, injuries, all that jazz. Right, and Detroit. Detroit is also bolstered by their off-season acquisition, Alex DeBrincat who has five goals and three assists so far in this early season to start off with, wow. uh, including including two goals against uh, – more, more recently, he's had two goals against the Pittsburgh Penguins three days ago. Impressive. So, Steve, who's their uh, – uh, remind me, who's, 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 who's their goalie again in, uh, for Red Um, You know what? I think – Oh, actually, I don't know who their starter is. I think it's Billy Husso. Let me double check. I can check. Sorry. Billy Husso. They have three goaltenders, actually. They have Billy Husso, they have Alex Lyon, and they have James Reimer, who a lot of people will remember James Reimer from his days with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I was drawing, drawing a blank on their goaltender situation. But, yeah, they had the new addition they have, and then they have some other, other pieces that are stepping up. They could have a really good surprising year. Oh, they most definitely can. I mean, it's it's worth noting that they, you know, they have a ton of young talent on that roster, and it's just a case of how long will it take for them to all to all gel together. And so far, we're seeing we're seeing the fruits of. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people would say that this team was kind of built by Steve Eiserman. That's right. Number nineteen. He knows how. To, he knows the puck. He knows. He knows the talent. That's all. That they're dangerous. Who is they, you're right. They have, they, have a, they have a slew of young players. You're right. And if they're all coming to blossom and coming to fruition at the same time, they can be a deadly, uh, explosive team. Sure looks good. Yeah. And- and Steve Eiserman not only not only did he make his uh did he make his career playing for the Red Wings, but uh he also, you know, he proved himself as the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning who helped build those Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup teams. The the two Stanley Cup teams that they had, uh a lot of it was built because of the foundation that Eiserman had put in. Wow. Now, unfortunately, the Lightning didn't win the Stanley Cup under Eiserman, but uh, a lot of those players on those Stanley Cup teams were essentially installed by Eiserman, either through the draft or through signings. He's always struck me as a really like a very, very, very intelligent guy who was also an incredible player. So, like, he's the guy where, whereas Rick Pocket was kind of a goon. I mean, was, like, very smart. I was like, now that guy can make a good – he could really draft and recruit free agents. You know what I mean? He's he different. could, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always – you can never tell. Because Jordan's a really smart guy, too. John Elway is very smart. He, he, in a decade, he could not draft one out of 100 quarterbacks he tried. So, it's always – Right. Can't assume it's going to work, but it's worked out for Eisenman. He's really proven to be good in the front office. Now, going over to the Pacific for Division, sure. the reigning Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights are off to a perfect five and zero start uh, to start off the year to lead the Pacific Division. The Vancouver wow. Canucks are three and two in the number two spot. The LA Kings are in the number three spot with a two one and one record. Uh, the Calgary Flames with a 2-2-1 two, two and one record in the number four spot. The Seattle Kraken are starting off at 1-3-1 in the number five spot. The Anaheim Ducks with a 1-3 start in the number six spot, along with the surprising Edmonton Oilers at 1-3 in the number seven spot. And the San Jose Sharks at 0-3-1, Tisk Tisk. The tank is already on in San Jose. Uh, with one, with one lonely point earned through four games. Wow. Now, granted, like I said, like I said, it's an early start to the season, but usually, 
early on, you can get a pretty good sense of who is not going to be a contender. And I'm telling you right now, looking at these teams, San Jose is not going to turn it around. Washington will probably turn it around, as will Pittsburgh. Yeah, thank you. Buffalo, I think, is up in the air. Washington and Pitt, I mean, they've been they've been to the top of the mountain. You got to think they're they're going to get going soon. They're just getting getting you know, blow out of the gate, out of the starting gate. Yeah, but another thing you have to take into account as well is they have aging stars. So that's true. You do have yeah, to wonder true. if that may be playing a role. Yeah, yeah, my you might fast forward in two months and both. You know, Crosby, Ovechkin, both have like 12 goals. or They're playing on the third line suddenly. They might just be done. We'll see. Well, no, I wouldn't say – I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far, but I would say, like, maybe <laughs> perhaps may, – No, may, maybe perhaps you're not getting the same production that you would that you would normally get out of them, essentially. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, no, I, think I, took, I agree with you. I, I, I took it a little too far. But, but, no, if they're slowing down a little bit, you know – they might not have that incredible power player, the, the high-powered first line. I know Pittsburgh, I mean, um, with their duo up front, they're both getting older. So, And then Ovechkin's definitely older, you know, in hockey years. So they might not be there. At the yeah. Table, they might not be. They might be on the outside looking in the playoffs. Maybe their slow start is for real. Uh, I'm surprised, though, by Edmonton. Edmonton, you have Connor McJesus and you have Leon Dreisaitl, maybe the best one-two punch offensively. And the problem is they have no defense and they have no goaltender, giving up 17 goals in the first four games of the season. <laughs> That's woeful. Yeah. Goaltending is kind of important in the sport of hockey. It's kind of like soccer. Yeah. That's a really good goalie. But I mean, they could be worse. They could they could be uh, they could be Carolina, who has given up. Uh, while they've scored twenty four goals, they've also given up twenty four goals as well. Yeah, true, true. To start off the year, we were talking about that. We talked had the discussions about that before on your show. It's just they always have him, and now they have the second fiddle to him, Batman and Robin. But it's like they just don't have the depth. You can't do it all. They can't right. do it all by Nick Jesus can't do it all by himself. Right. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely a pretty big surprise uh, with Edmonton, and it, it does make you wonder the further on the season goes if they may get into the goaltending market earlier than expected. Because yeah. I did mention last week, I did mention last week that they were that they were supposedly looking into the market to try and acquire a goaltender. Uh, it makes you wonder now if those if those rumors are apparently true. Yeah, I think there, if there's a couple guys known around, I mean these GMs talk all the time. They they know who's around and stuff. So it's like you you'd rather get the problem fixed sooner than later. You don't want to be like six and twenty in a couple of weeks. You want and you I, know, and I can tell you, I can tell now, you so too, gotta, John. Yeah, I can tell you sorry, too. Sorry. Uh, John Gibson apparently wants out of Anaheim. Uh, Anaheim's off to another slow start as well, one and three, the same record. Uh, but the main difference is John Gibson is actually is actually a good goaltender. Uh, so 
that's a possibility, I think, for the for you know for uh, for the uh, the Edmonton Oilers. That could be a potential possibility moving forward. Uh, but it's unfair to the team. Obviously, you know, it's unfair like, to the team when, when like you're working hard on, on, on the ice. When you're, you know, throwing your body around and risking life and limb and working hard as a winger or a defenseman, and then you let soft goals. It just kills the morale of the team. They have to get the goaltending fixed. Oh no, they most definitely, they most definitely need to get the goaltending fixed. That's for sure. Um, or the final obviously, obviously if uh, it's six to one right now with a runner at second, but there's two outs. So uh, that's yeah. about to uh, Dominguez. It looked like Dominguez may have gotten hurt though. So uh, it looks like he's fine though. So he could, he could be able to close out this game. Uh, oh, now it's runners at first and third. Nope. Looks like they're bringing in Strom. They're bringing in Matt Strom to close it out. <laughs> Even Strom can save this one. Yeah, bullpen, bullpen is just deplorable. <laughs> they're like a beer league softball team. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Barber, Harper, Cassiano—they're all just like badass blue-collar sluggers. But hey, let's see if they can make it all the way with this bullpen. It's definitely their Achilles' heel. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's that's what I said. That's what I said. Uh, of course, that if. If we are, uh, you know, if we're going to see a Philly collapse, it's going to be because of their bullpen. Most definitely, uh, yeah, you called it. But with that being said, though, that is going to do it for tonight's show. Um, we will be back next week with a full with a full show. Uh, so, uh, just a little reminder: next uh, or this upcoming Thursday night, we will have the Survivor Forty Five Recap Podcast. Uh, next Friday night, the Big Brother 25 recap podcast. And, of course, Saturday night, we will be back here with Sports Whispers Weekly. Uh, if you guys haven't done so yet, you can join the Whispers groups by searching for either Survivor Whispers, Big Brother Whispers, or Sports Whispers in Facebook. Uh, and you can join in on the conversation, either reality TV or sports-related uh, but with that being said, that is going to do it uh, for us tonight. So everybody have a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night.